1973, a movie came out that changed the landscape of horror movies, The Exorcist. In this movie, a young girl is possessed by a spirit who masquerades as the devil himself for part of the movie, but they come to find out that he is, in fact, an ancient demon by the name of Pazuzu. What you may not realize is that Pazuzu was an actual deity in ancient Mesopotamia. And while the movie got a lot wrong about him, they got a lot right, too. Pazuzu has shown up in pop culture of all kinds, including books and TV shows. And if the name seems familiar to you, and you can't quite place why, it may be because in 2010, a man by the name of Pazuzu Algarad was arrested in connection with two murders. The name Pazuzu has shown up enough in the modern world that most people at least recognize the name from somewhere. And if I asked you to name all of the ancient Mesopotamian gods you could, it would probably be a pretty short list. What did Pazuzu mean to the ancient Mesopotamians? And why is he enduring even today? In the 1970s, Pazuzu was mentioned in a book known as the Simon Necronomicon. This book was written by an unknown author, known only as Simon, who claimed to have received most of the contents of the book from an unknown monk shrouded in mystery. So, already the book doesn't seem entirely on the up-and-up. In the Simon Necronomicon, dozens of spirits and deities are referenced with stories of their powers, their interactions, and their interconnectedness. While most of the spirits and deities in this book are true religious lore, there are others that show up, like some Lovecraftian gods, which we happen to know are completely fictitious beings that were invented for books and short stories. But, all that aside, Pazuzu does make an appearance in this book, described as, quote, Lord of all fevers and plagues, grinning dark angel of the four wings, horned and with rotting genitalia. So, an all-around spooky dude. And while this description does touch on some actual characteristics of Pazuzu, He's also mentioned as being of Sumerian origin, when in reality, he was first worshipped by the Assyrians. If you're not up on your ancient Mesopotamian history, there's about a thousand years and a few power handoffs between the Sumerians and the Assyrians. So, Simon's story of a totally real, you wouldn't know him because he goes to a different school, monk, who handed over ancient knowledge to him, may not be totally reliable. 
To understand Pazuzu, the first step is understanding the relationship that ancient Mesopotamians had with demons. Demons as exclusively evil forces is a creation of early Christianity. If you've spent any time looking at the New Testament of the Bible, you've seen plenty of stories where Jesus casts out demons that are causing people to be sick, withdrawn, or acting in a way that in today's world would fall into the category of symptoms of some mental illnesses. Demons in ancient belief systems often carried associations with the afterlife or the underworld anyway, so it wasn't a huge leap for Christianity to slap a big warning label across all demons. The Bible also warns people that interactions with spirits can be deceptive and open gateways to evil. So if you're approached by a spirit, it's important to ensure it's God or the Holy Spirit that you're dealing with and not an evil imitator. Christianity at its core is very black and white, right and wrong. But many religions don't function this way. Instead, having gray areas and deities that can be neutral or fickle, with their associations changing by the day. The word demon is a translation of the Greek word daemon, which translates to spirit. The use of the word spirit is a pretty distinctly neutral term. So if you want to look at it in a black and white way, Pazuzu is a bad guy. If you want to look at it the Wreck-It Ralph way, Pazuzu is a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. Now, that's not to say that Pazuzu didn't look the part of an evil demon. If you've seen The Exorcist, there's a scene early in the movie that shows a life-size statue of Pazuzu that is pretty accurate to his descriptions. Pazuzu was said to have the body of a man, two full sets of wings. His head is sometimes that of a dog and sometimes that of a lion. He has the feet of a bird with large talons a scorpion's tail, and a penis that looks like a serpent, which I guess he just lets hang out all the time. Anyway, Pazuzu is usually depicted with his right arm up and his left arm down, as if he is striking downward. And while Pazuzu is usually this unusual amalgamation of creatures, he is sometimes shown as fully human. There's an explanation for his differing appearances, though. Pazuzu was not only a part of the Anunnaki, or pantheon of the most powerful of the ancient Mesopotamian gods, but he was also an Oberoth, which was a primordial god-like being that predated time. It was said that if humans laid eyes on an Oberoth, that it would drive them mad. 
So some claimed that Pazuzu appeared differently to different people to avoid this problem. Pazuzu was the son of Hanbi, a somewhat mysterious deity who is thought to have been considered the god of all evil. And he was the brother of Humbaba, who was the guardian of the cedar forests who met his untimely demise at the hands of Gilgamesh in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Pazuzu became known as the king of the demons of the underworld and of the west and southwestern winds. These winds were believed to originate in the underworld, and they brought famine during the dry season, and during the wet season, vicious storms and swarms of locusts. These winds were also believed to bring plagues and diseases with them. But the Assyrians thought that the best way to deal with a problem was to approach it directly, which meant that if you wanted the southerly winds to stop bringing famine to your crops or illness to your family, you reached out to Pazuzu. If he could control the winds, it meant he could stop them just as easily as he caused them. Pazuzu also had abilities, like being able to see in the dark, blind sight, which is the ability to foresee future events, and telepathy. On top of that, some believed he was multilingual. A real worldly type, I guess. Pazuzu had great power, and could choose to use that power to be malevolent or benevolent. People would call upon Pazuzu for help, often by creating small statues or amulets of him and calling upon his name. It's notable, though, that no large statues of Pazuzu have ever been found in the ruins of ancient Mesopotamia. They found statuettes, amulets, even a fibula, which is not referencing the bone of the same name. A fibula was a type of garment pin, similar to a brooch, but serving more than decorative purposes. In fact, a golden fibula with Pazuzu's face emblazoned on it was found in the grave of an unknown noblewoman and is considered to be the oldest archaeological evidence of Pazuzu to date. The reason that no large statues of Pazuzu have been found is that ancient Mesopotamians believed that calling upon such fickle gods and demons was risky business. They wanted to do something to gain the attention of Pazuzu, like building a statuette of him, but didn't want to draw too much attention to themselves, like building a life-size statue of him. Basically, they wanted to do just enough to show Pazuzu they were dedicated and loyal to him. The belief was that Pazuzu, wicked as he may be, would look upon those who called upon him with favor 
So he would direct his malevolence toward those that were seeking to do harm to his loyal servants. There was one unusual purpose that the Assyrians would call upon Pazuzu for, and that was protection of pregnant women, infants, and children, which is where his purpose intersects with the god Bess from the religion of ancient Egyptians. I've already covered Bess in a previous episode, so check that one out if you haven't already. So statuettes and amulets of Pazuzu would often be placed in children's quarters, hoping to invoke the protection of the demon. Another demon existed in ancient Mesopotamian religion who specifically sought out these populations of people to attack. The demon goddess Lamashtu was an evil being, grotesque in appearance, and always seeking out pregnant women and infants to harm. Eating babies was her big thing, and she would even attack pregnant women solely to kill them and take the unborn baby to eat bones and all. Pazuzu was said to protect against Lamashtu's attacks, but it doesn't seem like he had a soft spot for children and pregnant women. His protection against Lamashtu may have been for little more than selfish reasons. Some people believed that Pazuzu and Lamashtu were once lovers but this relationship met a bitter end when Lamashtu betrayed Pazuzu and attempted to take his power and his realm in the underworld. Once he found out he had been betrayed, Pazuzu tricked Lamashtu into meeting him in the underworld, where he lured her into a trap. He tricked Lamashtu into believing she was winning a fight between them by evading her attacks, but making none of his own. He then allowed himself to be eaten, leaving Lamashtu believing she had been victorious. That is, until she felt one of her teeth being ripped out. Pazuzu sprang from Lamashtu's mouth and used the tooth to attack and blind her, and then banished her to the 503rd level of the underworld. He took such a keen interest in protecting pregnant women and young children because he held a grudge against Lamashtu and was willing to go out of his way to make her life as difficult as possible. There seems to be one other reason that Pazuzu was willing to help people out when summoned, and that was that Pazuzu took great pleasure in corruption and would respond to being summoned because it left people indebted to him. He would use this strategy to move through entire villages of people, leaving all of them indebted to him. This is part of why he willingly took an interest in the well-being of children, because it allowed him 
to sink his claws into them early, corrupt them, and leave them indebted to him for life. This allowed him to basically bind people into a form of servitude, keeping himself powerful, pertinent, and in charge. I don't know about powerful and in charge, but Pazuzu has managed to stay relevant for over 2,000 years, infiltrating our pop culture and entertainment. It's only been about a decade since Pazuzu made the news for committing two murders. Well, maybe not the real Pazuzu. In the early 2000s, a man by the name of John Lawson legally changed his name to Pazuzu Ila Algarad. This Pazuzu lived a pretty troubled life from start to finish, eventually being diagnosed with alcoholism, schizophrenia, and psychosis. His troubled life was marked with frequent drug and alcohol use starting at a young age. He worked to make his appearance unsettling, with things like filing his teeth to points and getting tattoos all over his face and body, including a large tattoo on one of his forearms that said Satan in large lettering. Pazuzu created his own form of religion, an odd mixture of Luciferianism and Islam, two religions that have very little in common, combined with a big pinch of things he made up entirely. It seems like a lot of things he did and claimed to believe were more for shock value than anything like performing animal sacrifices and believing in a twisted, made-up form of Islam in a small town in Middle America post-9-11. But a lot of his beliefs were delusions and thoughts of a sick man's mind. But that didn't stop other troubled, disenfranchised people from becoming his so-called followers, and he their Manson-esque leader. And much like the Manson family, Pazuzu's story ended with two murders on his watch. Differing from Manson, though, Pazuzu wasn't keen to spend the rest of his life in prison, and so he took his own life in his cell. In contrast to the real Pazuzu, it seems like Pazuzu Algarad really was a bad guy, through and through. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wise. Please listen, share, and leave a five-star review for Wise wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps me get new listeners and create more content. You can also become a Wise patron at patreon.com slash wisepodcast for $5 a month you get access to episodes a day earlier than everyone else, two extra episodes a month, and other patron-only content. If you have suggestions for future episodes or questions, 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at awisepodcast or email me at awisepodcast at gmail.com.